Are you ready for round three? If you have been listening, you know what I'm talking about. This is the third podcast where Amy and I have made time to get in the studio together. Rarely gets to happen. But this um, topic we've been discussing for the previous two episodes and today's episode, they're so essential. And the more we talked about it over the last couple of weeks, the more we feel the need to talk about it one more time. And so what are we talking about? We're talking about deliverance. We're talking about the activity of demons against Christians. We're talking about getting set free. And my wife is graced by God to have uh, a maternal streak in her that feels for people in affliction, that feels for those that have been bullied, that feels for those that have been beaten, bruised, and you know, battered by not only normal, natural things in life, but also for the issue that we've been talking about, this um, insatiable appetite for destruction that the uh, demonic realm has. And Amy, I think, and this will probably be our last one on this topic together. And by the way, let us know if you like these. Like, I, 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 like, do you like me and Amy being in the studio together? We like it, of course, but do you like that? And if you do like it, um, email it. Well, even if you don't like it, let us know. We're always open to feedback at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. It comes directly to me. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings, but give us feedback. But um, I think today, Amy, it would be good for you to tap into that thing that the Lord has given you with this desire for people as, as a spiritual mom for people to walk in freedom. Talk to us about what that means. What does it mean to walk in freedom? Because, you know, everybody likes freedom, but not everybody wants to pay the price for freedom. And Jesus paid the price for their, all these listeners, for your freedom, my freedom. He paid the price for it. Talk to us a little bit about that. Why do we need to be free? Like, can people just say, well, look, I'm, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. How about I just, you know, live the way I want to live? Jesus' blood covers my sins, so I'm going to heaven. Why do I need to be free? To speak into that, why is it important for people to be walking in freedom? Yeah, I think that's a great question. The first, first of all, I think that uh, people want to be free. Every one of us desires freedom, and even those who may not think that they, they want it, they do. And we want to be free. We want to be free in our, our lives and our souls. And we want everything that Jesus died to give us. It's, it's a cheapening of his sacrifice to not walk in what he horrifically died for. He paid for, you know, if we go, this is kind of a, you know, just a, an example, but if we go in a restaurant, I want everything I paid for, <laughs> you know, if they miss something off my plate, I'm probably going to ask for it because I paid for it. And I think as believers, we do a, ourselves a disservice when we are not walking in the full power, liberty, and freedom that Jesus died for. We limit others. You know, sometimes people are like, well, you know, I'm in bondage, but it doesn't really affect me. Well, maybe it affects your kids. Maybe it affects your parents. Maybe your bondage is actually really costly to them, even if it's kind of working for you. Well, it certainly affects the church that that person in bondage goes to. The sin of Achan 
of course, in the book of Joshua tells us that Achan's sin affected the entire population of Israel because God looked at one person who was living in, in willing compromise and bondage to the sin that he had done. And God said, yeah, we're going to get that thing out so that the people can be free. That's exactly right. And the fact that the scripture tells us we're a body, I know what that's like. You know, my left leg has to work harder because of the limitations of my right leg. If I'm a part of the body and I'm in bondage and I'm in sin and I have no power, there's a different member of that body that is having to work harder. Do you think that people, and I do want to stick on freedom, but it's just a thought. It might be good for people here. Do you think that a person that is in need of deliverance do you think that their status, where they are, what they're doing, how they're living, the fact that they're enslaved in an area where they want to get free, but they can't get free. Do you think that like affects things as mundane as a church service and what happens on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a home group? Oh, absolutely. I think it has great effect. And uh, for people who are really discerning and seers, they can sometimes feel it in the room uh, The that the enemy has come in with that person. And it even could be a really great person, by the way. It could be really sweet, really proper, but something has come in with them that is not uh, going to benefit the service, we'll say. So we owe it to each other to get free, not just your own soul, but this is a community thing. I think that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. And so my heart about deliverance is that, one, I want everyone uh, to be free. And and again, I went from a girl who wasn't even sure that I believed in deliverance to a girl who's passionate about it because I went through deliverance and I saw the freedom that did not come with my daily Bible study. It didn't come through one more church service. It did not come through one more laying of hands. It did not come through counseling. It only came through deliverance uh, from someone praying over me, for me repenting for the doors that had been opened in my life, uh, to even give access and then for me to be emptied of that, to be filled with the Holy Spirit in that place, and for someone with authority to be able to cast that away from me was a very powerful experience. And so I am passionate for believers to walk in as much freedom as what God died for. And I also believe that we can see the days are are harder, that the enemy is louder. And for us to be able to walk into all that God has for us, we're going to have to be whole. We're going to have to be free. And part of that freedom is going through deliverance. And again, going through it with someone who um, is a deliverance minister, someone who does this a lot, who can Pinpoint the areas in your life where you're struggling. Maybe the enemy has a foothold in your life. Identifying what that is. And uh, the movie, honestly, is a great start. What The movie we talked about in the last podcast? Yes, the movie come out in Jesus' name. Which is back in theaters April 10th and 11th. Yes, I highly encourage you 
I to go. Will this be out before then? Well, we always record these podcasts a little in advance. I think maybe this podcast is going to be the week after the 10th and the 11th. Okay, if it is, there, it's possible that they would add showtimes. If not, I know that eventually we'll be able to, you know, to watch it on other, uh, you know, streaming uh, just in different ways. And so I highly encourage you to uh, to watch the movie, watch it with your family. It was amazing. And so, again, my my heart is for wholeness. It's for the broken to become whole. It's for us to, to walk in the power and the authority and the victory that the Lord Jesus has given us. And so I am passionate about deliverance. I am also equally as passionate about soul healing. And I know that that's kind of a buzzword and a lot of people don't even really like it, but what I mean by that is just simply wholeness that even for those who've gone through, um, maybe you went to the movie, you prayed the prayer, you felt like something lifted off of you. I want to just say this deliverance to me is the first step of a process. It's not the last part of a process. And before we can truly get healed, we have to have the enemy evicted out of our lives. I mean, that has to happen. And that is deliverance. Deliverance is evicting the enemy out of every single area of your life, getting completely free. And what you're about to say is getting free is the first step, but there is a process that follows that that leads to the perfect wholeness of the soul. Yes, that's exactly right. And part of that process is, is becoming whole. It's becoming healed. And, you know, even in my own life, I am still in counseling. You know, I, I've seen several counselors. Um, they're all believers. Uh, different ones have been instrumental in my life at different times and different seasons, depending on what I'm going through. But I went through deliverance in 2016 and immediately um, saw the, the Lord's work in my life that I was not dealing with the fear that I had, uh, previously had before in a car, you know, after my car accident, I was very fearful about being in a car and the Lord gave a lot of freedom. I would, that was something where the enemy had come in and exploited what I had been through and was, uh, I was tormented by what I felt in a car. I didn't want to be in an elevator. I didn't like feeling confined. And so he's exploiting all of this. Well, deliverance gave immediate relief to those things. And I could tell that, oh, I'm driving down the road where my car accident happened. And I'm doing so without some huge emotional response. Like there was victory that had come in through my deliverance that I had not been able to do in the five years prior of trying from my accident to 2016, I was doing everything I need to do to get free and none of it was working. So it's not simply a matter of just try harder. It's not simply a matter of just mind over matter. It's not simply just, you know, um, putting on some extra, you know, armor and some new disciplines there. There's again, one of the things that you've heard us say, if you've listened to all three of these episodes, is you need help. Like, you need help. And, and, and good night alive, are we so proud that we can't admit that? Like, w- picture the end game. The end game 
is you no longer being in bondage to the thing that causes you the deepest pain or the deepest shame or the deepest guilt. It's no longer do you react to situations in the um, power of your flesh because you've believed a demonic lie, and therefore that demonic lie is always um, invigorating your fleshly responses to things. It looks like you being a better spouse. It looks like you becoming a more whole parent. It looks like you becoming a more loving participant in the community of faith. There are so many things that come into a healthy flow and stream. It's not just oh man, I'm, I don't want to do this demon stuff. I don't, I don't want to go through all that. No, you need to think of the end game. And if you don't want to consider deliverance, just answer the question. If you already had the answer, wouldn't the healthy flow already be happening more so than the interrupted flow of ups and downs and failures and uh, same mistakes and the similar area, the patterns of behavior. If something else could have set you free, shouldn't it have happened by now? Maybe it hasn't happened because that enemy is still lurking hidden in the recesses of these places in your life where he's not been evicted yet. Yeah, that's so good. So I like to describe uh, deliverance as, as cleansing. That's the cleansing. You know, it's the uh, repenting. It's the renouncing. It's the um, all that goes along with getting cleaned out is that you are openly saying, I am closing the door that was once opened. Breaking off of curses as part of that word curses, generational curses, that stuff. I used to, I used to laugh at that stuff. I just thought you get saved. The blood of Jesus makes everything better immediately. And man, was I wrong. Do you get saved by the blood of Jesus? Yeah. Are you justified before the eyes of a holy God? Yes. Is heaven your home? Yes. But you're not healed in the fullest sense the moment you get saved you're healed in the most important sense the moment you get saved but you're not healed in the fullest sense the moment you get saved yeah and when you talk about you know just generational curses just even generational stuff sin when people say um oh well he has his daddy's temper well what is a temper you know what is anger and that's not something that is is coming from our DNA of like, oh, breast cancer runs in this particular, you know, this person's family. Um, a temper, you would not think medically is something that's actually passed on from father to son uh, to grandchild. But yet we see families that struggle with the same propensities to sin. And there's a reason for that. And so getting free from even the general generational junk <laughs> that has come from our families and of course some of its upbringing as well um, but that is an important part of this getting whole so to me deliverance is the cleansing um, but as you know uh, cleansing is not the only thing that needs to happen to a wound what else needs to happen to a wound healing it needs to be healed you know cleansing especially if you've had a deep wound maybe you have a broken bone you know the trip to the ER that's kind of the most um climactic part you know sometimes they'll pour whatever their solution they're going to pour on it burns it hurts it is loud and then you go home for eight weeks and you apply ointment and you just kind of limit your activity and you wait for that thing to heal but it's just as important if the wound only got cleansed and never healed uh you're you're no you're no better off and so both have to be 
uh, working. When you when you break a bone, you go, you get it set. What is what is part of setting a bone? It's it's getting it back into the the shape, the dimension as for the as the original design. Yeah, I think the the cleansing without the healing, it's like you would have a sterilized brokenness. You're still broken, but it's been sterilized. That's what a lot of religion does. A lot of religion sterilizes our brokenness, but doesn't heal our brokenness. We need both. Yeah, that's exactly right. And in some instances, even with a natural wound, if it heals and it was never cleansed, something else will come back up because there was bacteria underneath the surface that you didn't even know was there. If you've ever watched a bone that wasn't set properly and then it healed that way, it has to be rebroken and the whole process has to start all over again in our medical field. We know cleansing and healing both are taking place and both are just as important as the other and the same thing for our souls if you want to call it our hearts our broken hearts um having a broken heart about something can invite demonic activity and it can um we can become bitter you know if our sadness doesn't get healed it can turn into bitterness and and bitterness is something that the enemy loves and uses and that's a problem in our lives well a lot lot of men are are angry a lot of angry men in the church and you know why it's because they're actually anger is the symptom but it's not the actual problem the actual problem is they got hurt that hurt never got cleansed or made whole and so it's much more appealing for a man to be strong and angry than to be whimpering and hurt and again that's what Amy's talking about we have to get whole we have to get free we have to become who we are in Christ, and the enemy is fighting tooth and nail because he can't stop anything in the sense of once you are justified by the blood of Jesus, you are saved by grace through faith, you've repented of your sin, you've called upon the name of the Lord, the enemy lost. Like the popular song that is sung in a lot of churches, hell lost another one, I am free, I am free. But he doesn't quit on you because he's like, okay. They're going to go to glory with the one we hate one day. That's what the demons say. They're going to be with Jesus one day. But let's try to make sure they never glorify him with their lives and that they never enjoy their salvation that we didn't prohibit them from receiving. So they begin to fight against your identity. They begin to bring you into a lesser than reality, lesser than what Jesus has purchased for you. So they want to keep you enslaved. Yeah, that's exactly right. I um, when I went through um, deliverance again, that I had a lot of freedom uh, from fear. Um, but part of that as well was just is sharing my story. And again, a lot of people feel bad because they think, well, you know, compared to so and so, I had a pretty easy childhood. Well, all of us had childhoods that would have had some measure of trauma because we're 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 raised by fallen people and we're raised by sinners and. The enemy will exploit our our parents' weaknesses and failures that become our wounds to carry. And that can sometimes open the door to the enemy. And and talking about that with someone who is trusted and can look at that and help us determine uh, how is that affecting my life today and what can I do about it? You know, just like a really, um, just quick example, but... Like if you if you have a child who has a propensity to lie, you can 
you can punish them. They should not be lying. That is a sin. There's scripture on deception. But if you can take the time to pray, ask the Lord, even if it's in your own life, but in that child's life, are they lying? Do I have a child who wants to deceive and who likes to deceive? A lot of times you have a child who has a fear of authority. And that could even be from a wound. And so in their fear of authority, they so fear disappointing or what the repercussion of a failing authority would be. They'd rather lie than to endure the anger, maybe the abuse, the punishment, um, whatever it is that telling the truth, whatever that um, repercussion that's going to come on them. It's not worth it to them. So they don't want to lie, but they just see for that reason. Well, you handle that child in a very, very different way. When that child grows up and they say, I have a propensity to lie. If you can listen to their story and find out whether they have, uh, they, they just want to deceive because some people do, you know, they, uh, you know, there's people out there that they, they're selling you a bag of goods. They know it. And they are enjoying the fact that you're naive to, to not know it. Others don't want to deceive, but now they have a stronghold of deception because of that fear of authority when they were a child that was brought on maybe by some abuse when they got in trouble for something. You have to handle those two people very differently. And so deliverance coupled with some soul healing allows allows you to see and to to treat that person in a way that helps them because if you just keep punishing a behavior which is a fruit and you don't get down to the root of why they're doing it they're just going to keep doing it over and over and over again and they're not going to know why well I think that's not only true that's great counsel you just gave um, some some of our listeners are parents, um, and you just gave some really helpful layers to what do we do with our kids? What do we do? Because by the time your child is probably five years old, he or she has already begun to believe some things about themselves that may not be true. And again, the enemy, we're not blaming everything on the devil. Please don't hear us saying that. But we are exposing the fact the devil will exploit everything he can through the demonic um, armies like that's just what they do they don't go on vacation like they've already got the lost world in their grip the majority of the activity of the demonic realm is against the church why because they already have everybody else in their pow camps They've already got everybody else as prisoners of war. But what they want to do is defeat us because we are the people who are literally advancing the mission that terrifies the demonic realm. What am I talking about? The glory of Jesus. And so if the glory of Jesus comes through a life that is healed, delivered, and whole, that is the enemy's worst nightmare. That's why he's fighting. Some of you are listening to these episodes and the enemy is literally saying to you, Jeff and Amy are weirdos. Jeff and Amy are fringe, charismatic Christians. This stuff is nonsense. We believe in personal responsibility. We are responsible. It's not the demon. It's our flesh. And the demon is working overtime in some of your minds and hearts to counteract this message that will absolutely help some of you if you get proactive with it. Yeah. When, you know, and I, of course, I gave the illustration as a child, but I mean, it could be you. 
you know, it can be um, us as adults that, you know, the, in the illustration I gave, every time either one, the one who wants to deceive or the one who had a fear of authority, every time they lie, they are both building a stronghold of deception in their lives. Both of them are becoming more and more in bondage every time they lie. But the, the healing part, and so they probably both need to be delivered from a spirit of deception. But the healing part then is finding out what the root is. And when you can find out the root, you can get whole and you can get healed. A lot of times we will look at a man who uh, we say is stingy. You know, he's stingy. He's just holds on to all his money. Uh, maybe after he's heard that from his wife and his kids and enough people, he believes that about himself. And maybe, I, you know, he thinks I need to get delivered from, you know, selfishness or greed or whatever it is. But a counselor in that healing maybe can find out in their storyline that maybe that uh, that child, when he was a child, his parents went bankrupt and they lost everything they had. And he has a fear of, of going without. You, you just brought up a great point because if, if people don't listen to all three of these episodes, they might even think you and I are against counseling. We're not. When I say you can't counsel a demon out, I stand by that. You have to get delivered. But counseling both precedes deliverance and follows deliverance. This inner healing helps you to recognize why, the why behind some of the what. And so please know that when we're talking about uh, deliverance being the only means by which demons are cast out, we stand by that. But we also believe and strongly believe, and both of us are in and have been in, good, solid Christian biblical counseling. So you need both, but particularly counseling that helps you to see how that thing got in you, how that stronghold was developed, how that demon exploited something that happened in your life, turned it into a stream of lies that you may have believed for years. Now that that demon has been removed, you have to come whole so you never start believing the lies again. Like if you can understand the why behind the what, you are doubly, doubly protected. Not only have you been delivered, but you are now insulated from that demon speaking those same lies to you again. That's exactly right. And I I really believe that the the Lord in this season, again, wholeness is on his heart. I believe that this movie coming out when it did, it's coinciding with um, the revivals breaking out in the universities. God is on the move, but the the broken are going to have a hard time limping through the battle that's coming. You, you, you don't want to be a wounded warrior. You want to be strong. And I believe that God is giving this invitation to the church right now to one, to be delivered to two being healed. Because again, we, I believe it's my firm belief, but it's my personal belief that everyone needs deliverance. Every single Christian needs deliverance. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And then, and then two, I believe that every Christian after going through deliverance probably needs some healing because again, knowing why this fruit has come up because this selfishness uh, that is pure selfishness and selfishness that is produced by fear um, is, is a very different thing to, uh, to come against. Am I selfish because I don't care about people or am I like that man? Am I selfish because I actually really do care about people, but I'm so fearful 
of being without that I just have to save everything. I just cannot give it away. But my issue is not selfishness. My issue is fear. And so counseling and deliverance helps identify those things. And then that helps us to really gain the victory. Because if you can understand and identify why you're doing what you're doing, not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it, that can provide a level of victory in your life that is um, just insurmountable and will give you authority and power that we all long for. We all long for it. And fear is another big one. You know, fear of uh, people, fear of, I mean, any fear is, is from the enemy. Um, but a lot of people, a, a lot of women and a lot of men, I believe, who have been women who've maybe been uh, abused by a male when she was a child and now she's 40 years old and she hates men you know she doesn't want to hate men and you know we could look at her and think well she's just you know she's just a hateful person but the thing is is that hate came from fear because anything that we fear long enough we will eventually hate well and again just following that hypothetical situation which is not hypothetical for tons and tons of Christian women. The 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 abuse happened. The enemy started the abuse, initiated the pro- process through some male perpetrator. The lie was then followed the abuse. The lie is if it's male, it's dangerous. And then she's going to view men with that. And any man that hurt her throughout her life reinforces the lie. The demon is right on target saying, okay, see, you, you, you need to be afraid of men. You need to be afraid of men. And then a woman eventually hits a place where she I don't need men. I don't like men. I don't want to be around men. I hate men. So what started out as a victimization that the demonic realm initiated against a young girl becomes then a full-blown philosophy that a woman has said by the time she's in her 30s or 40s, oh, men, all men are dangerous at all times. And again, that's just a very simple way to show you how the enemy works. He works through activity that he initiates. Then he forms a lie around it. He repeats that lie. Then life life circumstances tend to under gird that lie once you believe the lie you start seeing it fulfilled everywhere because you're looking for it and so it sets in this whole process and what has to happen is that demon has to be kicked out evicted removed you have to be delivered but then you have to go literally in your brain in your mind you have to be rewired not to think according to those those little channels in your brain that that lie is carved out over time that's an entirely different topic but there is a physiological uh, literally cerebral healing that takes place in your brain especially when it comes to trauma that a good trauma counselor or christian counselor can help you rewire well now, I, it gives it gives um you know some understanding of yes of of how the demon works but then also why our altar call ministry in that in that particular instance doesn't work because the the lie that she probably believes herself is and you would you would think well no it's so obvious she can connect the dots why she feels that way most people do not connect the dots they're not looking backwards they just know how they feel so if they keep coming forward with the issue that I just don't want to hate men and all I'm praying over her is that she'll just quit hating men but I don't understand that she's actually fearful of men which is a completely different topic, which is a completely different issue. And and she's fearful of men because she's been victimized and abused. If I never get 
back that far, she's actually not walking out free because I'm only, I'm just trimming the fruit off of her tree and it's got to be uprooted. And we cannot uproot things until we know the origin. And the origin is usually years and years and years ago. And so, you know, you might be listening and think, well, that sounds like a lot of work. Uh, Yes, it is. Hello. Hey, listen, months sometimes, but is months of work worth your future freedom? That's exactly right. Because the, the question that we have to answer is most people that say, I don't need to do this because it's not affecting my, my, my daily, you know, grind, whatever. It's not hindering me. Uh, you're failing to connect the dots. And sometimes it takes somebody else coming in and looking at it. It's like, you know what? You don't see how this directly correlates with what you went through as a child. But I can see how it directly correlates to what you went through as a child. And so to walk in that freedom, most people, and I get it. I didn't want to as well. You don't want to go back. You don't want to go back and talk about the worst days of your life. You don't want to relive it. But what I tell people, if you will do it one more time with someone who can truly help you, you never have to do it again. I mean, that's such a good word. I think um, as we close up today, um, leaving our listeners with hope. The last thing Amy and I intend is for you to listen to these things and feel afraid of the demonic realm. All of these three episodes were actually meant to stir your awareness and to help you to consider that you need to find that place within you that God is bringing. God is bringing this space up within you that says, I want to fight against the darkness. I want to reclaim what's been stolen. I want to walk in the full inheritance of what Jesus has provided for me. I don't want my my life to be gasping and occasionally bringing God glory while most of life is a grind and a struggle and a striving. I want to walk in the fullness of identity that God has given me. That has to mean something. And guys, I know as you're listening, I know you want that. The only question that remains is, Do you want it enough to get proactive? Because I promise you, you've already proven you can live with life as it is. Survival mode. You've already proven you can do it. I want thrival mode. It's not a word, but I'm going to use it. Thrival mode, not survival mode. We're getting down to the end of days, man. And I'm telling you, Jesus is saying, I want all of those who name my name to walk in the fullness of what I have for them. Salvation is instantaneous. Healing and wholeness is a process. And if you don't begin proactively to enter into deliverance, healing, wholeness, then, and if you're waiting on God to flip the switch, you're going to be waiting a long time. God wants to walk with you through this. You will be enriched in your relationship with Jesus. There'll be less of you and more of him. And what of you remains will be pure and whole. It won't be about your defense mechanisms. It won't be about your excuses. It won't be about your stories of victimhood. You're going to get on top of all of that. You'll own those things instead of them owning you. It's a reversal of role. You will stand on top of it instead of it laying on top of you. Now, Amy, as we close, we've only got a couple of minutes. Would you pray for those that have listened and just praise the Holy Spirit lead you? Yeah, absolutely. Father, I just come to you and I lift up every one of our listeners. And God, we just, uh, we thank you uh, collectively, wherever they are, in their cars, in their living rooms, at, at work, with their AirPods in. 
uh, we thank you and praise you that you died to give us freedom, that you died to give us liberty. Jesus, you told us that we could be free because if you set us free, we are free indeed. And so, Father, I pray that you would just give us wisdom to know how to walk that out. Lord, some of us need deliverance. And Father, I pray that uh, there would be no shame. There'd be no condemnation from anyone, uh, from the enemy towards anyone who feels that they need some help uh, to to walk in the freedom that you've given. And God, we thank you that you have gifted people uh, that are deliverance ministers to help us in, in these areas. We thank you for the wisdom uh, for the authority that we have as believers to cast out demons. And so, Father, I pray that you would give wisdom, that you would give courage uh, for our listeners to to really take these last three podcasts and to do something with them, that, that their freedom and their liberty and their wholeness uh, would be worth the time, energy, and effort to put into, to where they can walk into all that you have for them. Father, for those who uh, just need some healing, God, I pray that you would highlight that, that the Holy Spirit, you would go out and you would search out our hearts and our minds, our souls, and identify the places where we need healing from things. And God, we thank you that you've named yourself the healer. And so, Father, we, we press into you and we ask for wisdom uh, to know who to call, who to talk to. And, Father, I just pray that they would know that there is freedom available, that there would be no shame, no condemnation, no guilt. But, God, that there would be hope, that there would be hope in Jesus, that they can walk out as whole and healed people, not only with just godly actions, but godly reactions, that how we react to life circumstances would be from a healed and whole place. And we know that that is available for us. So, Father, I pray that you would bless these listeners with all that you have for them, that you would... um let hope and faith and courage arise in their hearts, even during this prayer. And it is in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we will talk to you next time. Amy, it's been awesome having you in the studio. Won't be the last time you hear from this precious woman. She'll be back with me soon. Till then, we'll bless you and see you next time. Bye. Have you picked up a copy of Jeff's book, Figuring It Out As I Go? His life story of abandonment as a child and embrace of the occult an addiction as a teenager, and a nearly deadly battle with depression and rage as a young adult serves as an intense backdrop to Jeff's supernatural conversion at the age of 24. From there, Jeff writes of powerful seasons of deliverance, healing, and breakthrough, which were followed by tragedy, betrayal, and deep challenges which only God could turn around. If you want to hear a powerful account of the triumph of God's grace, and Jeff's surprising journey into the mysteries of the Holy Spirit, pick up a copy of Figuring It Out As I Go at jefflyle.com or wherever else you buy books. You can also download a copy of Jeff narrating Figuring Out As I Go on audible.com.